You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Everything will be all right. That's what we want to tell you now, wherever you are in the world, everything will be all right. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Feast at Home here in the district of Makati. And you are tuned in to Feast the Gig. Wherever you are, whether you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube, we welcome you. I want to welcome those who are here for the first time. If this is your first time to join us, please type in the chat box that this is your first time so that we can reach out to you and we can make your experience something really very memorable. But if this is not your first time, you're still welcome here. And I want to thank you for joining us. And I know that the Lord will just speak to you today. There are times when we do Bible studies and late in a little while, we will do that where there will be logos. We will study the word of God. But today I know the Lord will speak to you. And instead of logos, yes, you will have logos studying, but you will have rhema, a practical application of the word of God in your life. I think that's how we should be disposed when we're studying the Word of God. We should always ask God, always ask ourselves, what is Rhema here? Where is this applicable in my life? How am I going to apply it in a practical way? So my prayer is that you all have Rhema today. Today, we're going to continue our series on the gospel according to Matthew, and we've been at it for more than a year already. Today, we will continue our talk series, Side A, Side B, and we're going to give you talk number eight, which is about faith and doubt. Faith and doubt. This is something really very important in the life of a Christian, very important in the life of a follower of Jesus, and I thank you for joining me today. If you're ready, let's dive right into God's Word, but let us pray our favorite prayer here at the feast, okay? Join me in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Together, today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. And today I proclaim, say this with me, that I'm God's beloved I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us today. Father, may your word be rhema to us. May it affect us. May it change us, encourage us. I pray that your word will comfort the disturbed and disturb the ones who are too comfortable so that we go out of our comfort zones in reaching out to people around us not just being followers of Jesus, but making other followers of Jesus who make other followers of Jesus, so on and so forth. Father, this is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, I want you to be active in the chat box. So whatever I say, whenever I say, please write this down or say this to someone, please take part of the whole thing of the whole proceedings so that you get more or less more or less you get 
a feel of what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, this is the next best thing to meeting face to face. Our one big message for today is simple. God wants you to grow up. Growing old is one thing. Growing up is another. I know a lot of people who grow old but don't grow up. <laughs> and and it's, really diff it's, really, it's really different. And, uh, you know, you can lie down the whole time. Lying down 24 hours a day, not doing anything. Without you even doing anything, you will grow old. You will grow old. But here's something that you need to do. You need to work on yourself. You need to work on the other aspects of life so that you can grow up. Okay? How many of you have friends who, how many of you have been close to people since elementary and you've been playmates with them for a long, long time and then after some time you don't see them, you, you, you don't see them for a long time and then when you get to meet again, when you go and have a reunion, you realize that other, all of you, all of you grew taller except for some. We know people who are like that. We, we have classmates who are like that, who never really grew taller. <laughs> you know, you, you, you used to be of the same height when you were kids. But after many years, 10, 20 years, you see each other and they're still small. They're still small. I know a lot of people who are like that. And, and I, I, I just sh shared that analogy with you because I think that is the same with us people and our spiritual lives. We grow bigger, we grow older, but we never really grow up in terms of our spiritual lives. And uh, someone said that the church is full of spiritual babies. What is a spiritual baby? Like a baby, you know, if you hear the word baby and if you try to think about the other things that represent a baby, one of the things that you'll remember, one of the things that will come to mind is the way they cry. When babies cry, they cry and they cry their lungs out because that's the only way of communicating. When they're hungry, they cry. When they're hurt, they cry. When it's uncomfortable, they cry. When they're afraid, scared, they cry. And, and aren't we like that? A lot of Christians, a lot of Jesus followers are like spiritual babies. We, we just cry our lungs out when we don't get the answers to our prayers. Wah, 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 wah. And, and we just do that. We do that. And, and it's, sometimes it's annoying for people around us. Do you know people who just complain because nothing's happening in their lives? Do you know people who throw tantrums because, there's, because the, the prayers are not being answered? Their prayers are not being answered. And um, here, here's the thing, and you need to remember this, okay? I, I need you to understand this. The spiritual babies still need to be weaned from idolatry. Yes, spiritual babies, we have a lot of those in the church. I myself, sometimes I find myself, uh, you know, acting like a spiritual baby, and, and we need to be weaned from idolatry. And I'm not talking about those idols you're talking about, you know, those huge bondages. But, but when I talk about babies being weaned from, spiritual, from, their, from idolatry, I'm talking about spiritual babies 
Jesus followers who, yes, they profess to be Jesus followers, but they're actually not worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They're actually worshiping themselves. So they have to be weaned from idolatry. And God wants you to grow up. God wants you to grow up. So can you tell someone, can you tell someone beside you, if you're beside someone, grow up. And if you're not beside, if you're alone, tell the person behind, beside you, grow up. Or type it in the chat box, say, grow up. Grow up. Instead of, you know, we, 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 we go on tantrums because we, we, we expect God to answer us in, in the way that we understand it. And, and if we don't see that, we, we go into tantrums and cry and cry as if, as if we can pressure God to do something. We can pressure God to do or to deviate from his perfect will as if we can do that. And we, we, we try every, you know, every trick in the book so that we can get what we want. But reality is, guys, reality is it's not working that way. It's not going to work that way. Even prayer, you know, prayer doesn't change the mind of God. Prayer changes the person. Prayer changes us to be ready to receive what God has already given us. Okay, when we ask people to pray, when we pray ourselves, it's not to change the mind of God. Of course, we tell God what we want because God wants us to be open to him and we tell God the desire of our heart. But, but we should leave room for God to act because his ways are not our ways. It's so far. His ways are higher than our ways. Okay, again, our message is God wants you to grow up. I'm going to share with you messages, three messages, and very important. And this is about how we should act in the church. Okay, three messages, and I'll explain the messages as, they, as I mentioned. The message number one, it's the church will fail you. Yes, you heard it right. The church will fail you. We're not perfect. The church is not perfect. It's being run by imperfect people. And it will fail you if it hasn't failed you now. At one point, it will fail you. And it is important that you remember this so that you know what to do when that time comes. And you know what to do so that that time won't come. Okay, Matthew 17, let's read from verse 14. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. They couldn't heal him. At that time, the frontliners, Peter, James, John, they were with Jesus. So from among the disciples, the second liners were left. And um, Andrew, Matthew, Bartholomew, the other Simon, the other James, uh, they, they, they were there, but they were not able to help. They were not able to help. And the, 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 the man, 
was asking for help, but the disciples could not help. They were not able to help. So, so he went to Jesus. And I, I'm not sure about the tone, but from, from just by reading it, I, I can sense that there was some sort of parang sumbong. You know, they were telling Jesus, hey, Jesus, but they did not help us. They did not help us. They failed us. That's what they did. After they, they were failed, they went to Jesus. And that's some, that I think that's precisely why God allows the church to fail his people. Because God doesn't want people to put their trust on people. If you feel that the church has failed you, maybe that was designed to happen. Maybe that was bound to happen. Why? So that you will be forced to run to Jesus. You will experience problems. You will experience rejection. You will experience challenges in your life. But what is important is that you run to Jesus. Problems are there so that they can press us closer to Jesus. Never let the problems go be between you and Jesus. Okay? Because, you know, just like in the light of Jesus' family, we say that we are sinners. I'm an imperfect leader. I'm an imperfect leader. I'm, I'm far from perfect. And then from top to bottom, we're all sin sinners and we need Jesus. We need Jesus. And I want you to remember this, that everyone will fail you. Can you say this? Everyone will fail me. That's why I need Jesus. Everyone will fail me. That's why I need Jesus. Everyone will fail me. That's why I need Jesus. So instead of throwing a tantrum because the church failed you, instead of throwing a tantrum because you did not get exactly what you wanted, I need you to refocus. I need you to refocus. Just like the man. He brought his son to the disciples and they were not able to help. He refocused. He turned his eyes on Jesus. If your eyes are not on Jesus right now, I invite you to turn your eyes to Jesus. And if, it's, if your eyes are already on Jesus right now, I need you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Do not let an answered prayer take you away from God. Because I believe that at the right time, at the right time, your prayers will be answered. Let's continue reading Matthew 17, 17 to 18. I want you to see the reaction of Jesus when he heard this. Okay, It, it says, Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? <laughs> Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. I don't know if Jesus, if Jesus were Ilongo, <laughs> he would have said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? So bring your boy here now and I will heal him. And he rebuked the demon. I don't think Jesus said it that way. Because Jesus, I don't think he's Ilongo. 
I am Ilongo. Hi to all Ilongos out there. Hello, everybody. I am. I, I don't. I don't speak the dialect much. I can understand a little, but at least I can do the accent. Oh, hey, naku, ah, na, geda. I I can I can do that. Okay. So so uh, Jesus Jesus was kind of angry. Look, you faithless, and maybe it was this way. He said it this way: "You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me." Uh, with 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 the tone of exasperation, <laughs> bring that boy here with me, so that let's get this over with. In the name of Jesus, demon, get out! <laughs> Why was Jesus' reaction that like that? Why do you think? He reacted that way. Why do you think Matthew wrote it in such a manner? The answer is design patterns. Design patterns. No, this is not something that you will see or read of the Bible. But you have to understand that when you read the Bible, you need to understand the context. You cannot take the words and, and, and take it out and treat it separately from all the others. Because the chances are you will be misled. You, you know, Matthew was a master. I think he's a very good writer. And he was using design patterns. Okay? He was using design patterns. What's a design pattern? It, when, when you see something, you have to... It, it, when you see an incident in the Bible, when you read about an incident in the Bible, you cannot just take it, from, take it out of context. Take it there, the whole the whole chapter and take it and separate it from the rest of the Bible. Because when you read the story in the Bible, there's so much hyperlinks. There are hyperlinks and it's connected to this one, to this one, to this one. That's why when Jesus quotes something, it's, it has a reference. It's a reference from the Old Testament and it's connected like a web. Okay. A beautifully crafted web. Okay. So, so it's design patterns. Um, later, I'll explain to you. Now, now you'll understand this when I discuss with you message number two. Message number two. Stop trying to control God. <laughs> Stop trying to control God. Okay, this is the message. And I'll read. I, I, let's go back to Exodus. Okay. The Lord, and, and I'll explain to you why Jesus' reaction was that or why Matthew painted it as that. Okay. Exodus chapter 32, verse 7 to 8. It, 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 it reads, the Lord Moses, the Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made the calf and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The golden calf. Again, it's always a reference. It's always a reference to the Old Testament. When Jesus, when Jesus reacted that way, when Jesus got angry, and it, it was connected, it has a hyperlink to the, what, the, the verses that we just read in Exodus, where Moses, after speaking to God and after um, talking to God, coming face to face with God through the burning bush, and, and after, after Moses going up and talking to God and Moses, uh, after, after uh, crossing, um, delivering the people, after leading them out of Egypt, um, Moses went to, 
to speak with God on a, to, uh, on a mountain. And when he came down, he was, he was shocked because the people, the people shifted their alliance. They started to build their own idols. You know why? They started to build their own idols, idols that they can control. Because truth is, we all try to control God because we don't trust him. Let me share with you a story. And this is a silly story. Um, many years back, when uh, we were having family problems, my family, um, not, not, not Tessa, Ziki, but my, I was still single. We were having family problems. And we, I was praying. I've been praying for the family for a long, 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 long time. And uh, it seems that the, the problem has, you know, it, it, it's not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've served the Lord and I've pledged my, my, my service, my life to the Lord. And, and somehow I made that. I, you, I was using the service part. I was using the giving of my life to Jesus part as a way to control God. Because, because I, I thought that, that, that when I serve God and I pray, the Lord will answer my prayers. But this is not something that, that, that I just want. And this is something that's good for the family. This is for the good of everyone. And this is not selfish. And, and I was pretty confident that the Lord will answer my prayer. But the Lord did not. At that time, the Lord did not answer our prayers. And I, I was frustrated. I was angry. I was, I was disappointed with God. And, and I was disappointed because he doesn't want to follow me. Because I was trying to control he, him. But here is the thing. In our desire to control God, evil will start to control us. So, you know, <laughs> so I was trying to, I was trying to uh, uh, control God. I was trying to pray for something. And uh, he did not answer it i one one night i was so angry and i said okay god i was i've been serving you since i was 18 years old and it's been years i've given you the prime of my youth but you haven't answered my prayers because of that hmm. Hmm. i will drink you know i'm not i'm not uh, an alcohol guzzler um it may be once in a while but i, I, I don't really drink but but uh -huh. I gave you my life. I don't have vices, but because you haven't answered my prayers, I will drink. So I, I bought beer. I bought a lot of beer, several cans of beer, and, and brought it to my room. And I said, I will drink. Ha, 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 ha. Let's see. You know, if, if you don't answer my prayers, I will not serve you anymore. I will drink. And I drank. Yeah, I drank. Um, did my problems leave or did my problems go away? No. Um, when I woke up the next day, I woke up a different man. Why? Because I woke up and I had hangover, <laughs> headache. What good did it do to me? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I got drunk. <laughs> and after that, I fell asleep. And then when I woke up, I woke up with a hangover. And I told myself, why did I do that? What was I doing? I was trying to control God. I was trying to control God. But in the process, evil started to control me. And then you know, after, after a few hours upon waking up, I told myself, I, I won't do this again. I won't do this again. 
it's 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 a rebellion thing. You don't you don't want to answer my prayers, huh? I will have vices. Yeah. <laughs> no, you cannot control God. God is king. God is Lord. God is God. God is sovereign. God is almighty. You cannot control him. Let's go back to Exodus. So after Moses, uh, after God told Moses, you go down because look what they've done. Okay? They, they, they've, they've built the idols to replace me. Go, go down. So here's the continuation. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing and he burned with anger. Again, Moses looks like, it looks like that he kind of overreacted. And here you can see that Moses was angry. And earlier we were talking about Jesus getting angry. See the design pattern? The design pattern. Remember the design? There, there are three design patterns that you can see from the stories that we've just heard and read. Um, in the first, uh, Moses had the transfiguration and uh, up a mountain. Moses met God, saw God face to face, came face to face with God, and Jesus, and, and he was transfigured. Moses had a glow, and then Jesus was on the mountain after he was glorified, after the voice came, this is my son with whom I'm, I'm very well pleased. After that, when they looked at Jesus, he was shining. Again, see, Moses, Jesus. The second design pattern is Moses and Jesus went down the mountain, okay? Went down the mountain and continued to see evil. <laughs> you, you know, Jesus was just, he just finished the transfiguration and he went down. And he saw evil through this man who was telling Jesus about the evil spirit in her in in in, in his child and 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 see the, the the juxtaposition. Moses, Jesus, transformation, transfiguration, glowing, go down, see evil. And this is the third. What we're reading now is a third design pattern. Okay. Moses, Jesus, because they saw anger and uh, they saw evil, they got angry angry of a people that didn't trust God because the people during Moses' time, they started to build their own gods because in reality is, reality is they, they didn't trust God. They were praying to God, asking God for mercy, but at the back of their minds, they're saying, but what do we do if God doesn't answer? Didn't we, you know, didn't we ask that question already? We pray for God for provision. Lord, please provide. But in our minds, we say, um, yeah, but what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? Punta na lang ako kay Kumare. Borrow money. I can just go to a Mumbai and borrow money, five, six. Because we pray and we ask God to answer our prayers, but we're not really sure. That's why we are coming up. We always come up with a plan B. With a plan B, so so you know you see what Matthew was doing. Um, he was making Jesus a mirror of the mirror of the the anger of Moses, okay, um, to a faithless and corrupt generation, and he was talking to people who were in the same boat who could relate. But but again, look at the childish ways. Jesus said that we should be childlike but not childish. Look at the childish ways 
these people are living out their faith. Sometimes spiritual babies follow, follow other gods because we don't trust God. We're actually saying, Lord God, I trust you. But if you don't answer my prayers, I'm going to go somewhere else. Lord God, I trust you. But just in case you do not, I have a fallback. I'm not saying a plan B is bad. But what I'm saying is, if you have a plan B, let it be God. Instead of a plan B, go to a plan G. When things get out of hand, you always have a fallback and it's trusting God. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Uh, maybe some of you are saying, wow, this is really heavy now. Wow, grabe. We're talking about uh, the meaning. We're talking about the hyperlinks and then this is too much. And, and, and some of you might be saying, but I'm not a Bible scholar. How will we continue? Um, we're almost at the end of Matthew. Um, we're almost um, maybe three, three more weeks. Maybe three more weeks. Okay, excuse me. Um, but, but yeah, you might be saying, ah, we're not. I'm not a Bible scholar. Um, yeah, that's true. I'm not a Bible scholar either. And, but you know what? We may not be Bible scholars, but we're children of God. <laughs> children of God. And, and we have to understand the word of God because this is the way that our Father com communicates to us. If you believe that you are a child of God and you, you look at God the Father as your Father, you have to know His voice. You have to communicate. You have to know how He communicates. You have to hear His voice. You have to understand what He's saying. You have to be able to discern what God wants you to do. Now, one way is to read the Bible. Reading the Bible, again, it's tricky, but we have to read it the way Jesus read it, okay? Uh, you, we have to do that. Um, now, reading the Bible, we have to read it the way Jesus read it, and we have to read it the way God wants us to read it. And uh, sometimes you read it, and then you apply it in your life. And this is how Jesus read the Bible, he didn't read it. He, did, he didn't read it uh, um, literally, but but he he understood. And you know, at the end of the day, it's about your relationship with God. It's about your relationship with God. The words that you you should be that you will be reading from the Bible should enrich your relationship with God. And 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 Jesus read the Bible that way. Jesus read the Bible that way. Again, I, earlier I asked you to ask the question, how is this going to apply to me? How is this going to, how is, how is it going to have a rhema on me? On me? How, how will this affect my life? Lesson number, message number three is growing more, is trusting more. You know, God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow, but growing more is trusting God more. That's what spiritual growth is. That's what spiritual growth is. You know, is growing more, knowing more? No. What about those who don't have access to knowledge? Is growing more, praying more? We have so many things to do. And not everyone is called to the contemplative life, praying 24 hours a day. Is growing more, doing more? We all get tired eventually. We all get tired eventually. So the answer is, yeah, growing more is trusting more.
I'm going to land this in a while. Matthew 17, verse 19 to 20, it reads, Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out demons? Cast out that demon. And then simple. Jesus' answer is not, not because you didn't work hard, not because you didn't uh, you, you, you did the wrong thing, not because you, you, you were too lazy, but Jesus says it straight. You don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. Faith is trusting God. Faith is trusting God. Growing more is trusting more. That if we want, if we want to see God work in our lives and allow God to invade our lives, we need to trust Him more. Many times we don't obey because we don't trust God. And many times, you know, guys, we, we have so much tampo in the world. We have so much tampo in the world. Hindi uh, binigay yun. Okay na, ayoko na nga. Hindi na ako mag-feast. Hindi naman nasagot eh. Why is this happening to my life? Hindi naman nasagot ni Lord. Hindi na ako mag-feast. Hindi na ako mag-online. Hindi na. Because, because we don't trust God. And we don't obey. I remember a time when I, I, I thought that I was gonna, uh, I, that that was the end of the line for me. And I was expecting, waiting any minute now for the, you know, the heart failure to come. I, let me tell you a story before I end. Um, 2019, start of the year, we weren't in, we weren't locked down yet, but there was already, there were already talks of COVID. We came from the States, we came home. We passed by Hong Kong, and then at the end of January, we arrived. I arrived uh, mid-Jan, and after two weeks, I got I got sick, got fever. You know, I got the chills, and I was hospitalized. Um, I thought at first I thought it was just simple, but you know the chills would come, and I'm telling you, I've never experienced that kind of chill. You know, it's a chill that really shakes me, and. <laughs> And I'm, I was so scared. I was so afraid that every time this would come, it, would, it was trauma, traumatizing me. It was very traumatic for me. Because at a certain time, every day, at around 5 to 6 a.m., the chill will come. And, and, and when it comes, it's really, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's not a simple chill, like just shaking. It was, it was my whole body. Um, and... and I was just scared because I was so scared that my heart would stop. And every time that would happen, I will, I will ask God, Lord, is this it? Is this it? Because, because I, was, I was trying so hard to stop it. And it was, it was so exhausting and it was so draining that after the chills, I would fall, immediately fall uh, asleep. I would be so so tired and so sweaty. That's when I came to a place that what Brother Bo would call the surrendered place. While when the chills would start, I would say, okay, Lord, Lord, okay, if this is it for me, so be it. Pero naman muna, Lord. That was my prayer. 
But I was surrendered, a surrendered place. And, and you know what? I realized that the Lord allowed me to be in that situation so that I could get to my surrendered place. Because in my surrendered place, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It suddenly, it's, just, it's between me and my God. Suddenly, properties, money, they're, they're nothing. They, they, they don't have, you know, you wouldn't even think about money at that time. You know, your usual temptations are powerless in the surrendered place. Because that's where, where, where I said, okay, Lord, I'm surrendered. So be it. So be it. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's just surrendered. You know what? God allows you to be there. And sometimes God allows you to go through trials so that you will get to your surrendered place. Because when you get to your surrendered place, you realize what's important. You realize what's essential in your life. And you understand the importance of following Jesus, of worshiping Jesus, and just fixing your eyes on Jesus. It is when you trust God deeply that it's easy to obey Him. I'll say that again. It is when you trust God deeply, that's when you will find it easiest to obey Him. Because when you're in your surrendered place, you are in a place of trust. And that's what God wants you to be. That's where God wants you to be. To that place, that surrendered place, that place of deep trust in Him where you can say, no matter what happens, Lord God, no matter what happens, I will trust you. Friends, God wants you to grow up. And growing up God's way is growing in trust. Grow more, you need to trust more. Trust God because he knows what's best. And he is in full control. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all those who are here, those who are watching right now, those who haven't found their surrendered place. I pray, Lord, that you just allow us to, to, to find that sweet spot, that place of surrender where we can really say that, Lord, we trust you. A place of surrender where everything else pales in comparison to the grace that we're receiving. Just like St. Paul, when he prayed that you take away the thorns on his side. Oh, Lord God, Paul wanted the thorns out, but you had another plan. And you said that my grace, your grace is sufficient for us. For it is when we are weakest, that is when you are strongest. Bring us to our surrendered place, Lord God. And teach us to trust you. Trust you more. Trust you deeply. So that we can say, but yes, Lord, we're growing, not just older, but we're growing up. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.